Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. I would be remiss if we did not include an episode on this Christmas series during this Christmas month to take a second and talk about how to grieve during the holidays, about grieving during such a joyful time of year. As I've gotten older, I've realized that Christmas and these times of gatherings and being with people and celebrating isn't always as joyful as some of us experience it to be. When a loved one has passed and died and when we have friends or family members that are grieving and we're celebrating with them, it can be really hard to know, number one, how do I grieve well while also celebrating Jesus, the true reason for the season, but also grieve and not forget the ones that have gone before me? And then two, how do I come alongside those who are walking through grief and sadness and loss and encourage them? you know, through such a difficult time of their lives while also simultaneously living through a very joyous season and celebration. That's why I'm really honored to have my new friend Sarah Berger here on the show to help me unpack this idea and this topic. Sarah Berger wrote an incredible new book that I actually finished in a night or two called Hope in the 11th Hour, which we're going to be talking about today on the show. But for the sake of this Christmas series, Sarah is bringing her insight and her encouragement and her compassion and her gentle um, advice on how to grieve well during the holidays, during Christmas, especially during a time that can be very hard for people, and then also how to 
come alongside those who have had people that have passed. So she's giving us amazing ways to literally have conversation. She's giving us awesome words and phrases and things to say and some amazing biblical encouragement and hope. If you're walking through loss or you know someone who is, this episode is for you. I am so thankful that we get to walk through Advent together and this Christmas season in all of its facets and even in this conversation today about being able to celebrate Christ and still get to live life fully even when you're missing someone in your life, even when someone is not earthside with you. So if you're listening to this and you're walking through it, know that there is so much hope for you. There is so much room for grief and joy to to live together. And then also if you're thinking of someone in your life, I know a few people that I know personally that are walking through grief, if you know someone who would enjoy this conversation and or maybe be encouraged by it, I'd just encourage you to maybe think about sending it to them or even just taking this advice to heart and putting it into action and come alongside those this Christmas. Without further ado, here is my conversation with my new friend, Sarah Berger. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on Truth Talks with Tara this morning. It is so fun to meet you and to have a new friend in you. Um, Friends, for those listening, Sarah and I share the same literary agent. And so I was telling Sarah earlier, any friend of Teresa, my agent is a friend of mine. She is just the best. And so it's an honor to be with you today. We get to celebrate your new book. We get to celebrate the Christmas season. Um, And you are such a joy already. So thank you for being here. As we start, would you introduce yourself and what you do, where you are, um, all those good things. Sure. And it is an honor to be on your podcast today, Tara. Um, I am Sarah Berger. I am from sunny California, born and raised and have been married 35 years to my awesome Mm. husband, Steve Berger. We moved to Tennessee 28 years ago and planted a church and pastored it for 26 years. And just a few years ago, passed the baton and stepped into a new ministry that basically reaches congressional leaders on Capitol Hill in D.C. So we're up in D.C. about 50 percent of the time. Um, We have three children, adult children that live here in the Franklin, Tennessee area, five grandbabies. Oh, (laughs) and, and Josiah David, of course, lives in heaven. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love your beautiful, full life. It is so fun to hear everything that you and Steve are doing in ministry. It's kind of incredible to see what God has done, like just so many different avenues and maybe ways that you probably were surprised. (laughs) Oh, never, never in our wildest imagination. It's been a wild ride walking with Christ and Mm -hmm. there's no greater adventure to be true. No greater. Sure. Yeah. Adventure is a great way to put it. Journey, you know, you hear faith journey, you hear adventure, and that's exactly what it's like. It's not always linear, um, but it's, yes. <laughs> but it's always beautiful. And, you know, I, I'm really thankful to be able to hear your story and friends we're, we're celebrating hope in the 11th hour, Sarah's newest book that just debuted just a little bit ago. And we're going to talk more about that today and how we can really implement that in this Christmas season in particular. But Um, Sarah, before we do that, I always like to ask my guests on the show a favorite thing they're loving. It is one of my favorite parts to hear. Like, what is something that is bringing joy and adding value to your life? And just before you say anything, some people are like, does it have to be like super spiritual? No, no, no. It can be the most random thing ever. So do you have something you're loving that you'd love to share with us? Oh, my gosh. 
okay, well, this is spiritual. That's <laughs> <But> okay. <laughs> I, I just downloaded Jeremy Riddle's new project called Live in the Prayer Room. And there is a song on it called Home about heaven. And it is my favorite thing right now. I'm just Aww. listening and worshiping with it on repeat. It just, and it's, it's a portion of, you know, when you're walking through grief to be reminded of what's going on and that yeah. hope is not so far away. So that's really precious. Now, this is super ridiculous, but you know what? One of my favorite things is right now. Yes, let's do it. This is going to crack you up. This is country living, Tara. <laughs> I have three skunks that have been visiting my chicken <laughs> in the evenings and I'm no longer frightened by them. And every evening when I go out to lock up my chickens, I've got these little skunk buddies that are hanging around. And so <laughs> I'm just a wildlife chick. I was raised to just adore nature and all things, you know, animal. And so that is my silly little fun thing right now. My grandkids and I have had a lot of fun with it too. They've met and the they, skunks. And they haven't sprayed you or anything. No, they're That's good. They're incredibly docile. I okay. Am, Really careful about it. Right. Yesterday I was just out there visiting with a stinky fluffy, I'm calling him. So Cute. That's, that's my, my, my little favorite thing right now. Honestly, if they didn't have that threat of you never know when they're gonna spray, they're really cute. I'm not even they're, gonna lie. You know, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just after the leftovers, the chickens leftovers, they do yep. no harm. So <laughs> that's adorable. You know, Sarah, I've grown up kind of country living as well. I didn't grow up on a farm, but my dad and his twin brother and younger brother, they are co-owners of a hazelnut farm, about 80 acres here in Oregon. Ooh, uh... Yeah. So they have 80 acres. They also crop share. So they help other farmers in the area with theirs. And then they also sell hazelnuts. So my brother and I have grown up, you know, moving pipe and driving tractors and all, all the oh, things. I um, love that. You're speaking to my heart. I've never driven a tractor, but I have reined in lots of cattle with my dad because I was raised aw. on a lot in Southern California. Okay. So I was yeah. by Horses and cattle and llamas and again all things wildlife. So it was. Really I love fun. it. Kindred yeah. spirits. It's so yeah, fun. <laughs> for sure. I literally like. It's so fun to be able to hear everyone's favorites. They're always so different and so unique. And I'm also going to keep note of home. I want to listen to that after our conversation. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's jump into our conversation. Hope in the eleventh hour. I have it sitting right next to me. Beautiful cover. Just in general, I'm I'm all about I'm all about the aesthetics as well. Isn't it's gorgeous. It it's so it kind really of them. is. David C. Cook. I'm telling you what they are really incredible. And when I saw that cover, I was just, mm. I was just taken aback by how beautiful it was, Tara. I didn't have any expectation except yeah. for they brought in front of me and it was just, yeah, I'm so, so blessed by it. It's beautiful too, because I, I'm a big like, um, visual person. So when I was reading it and I would, you know, yeah. And refer to the cover and all those things, I was just, it's kind of a fun we, we can't even imagine, right, until we get there. But it's kind of a fun little glimpse of, okay, is this, is this the beauty of heaven? Is this, it's just a beautif beautifully ethereal um, idea that kind of just, it just makes it makes you think. And so that's exactly what this book has done for me. And Hope in the 11th Hour, you share your testimony and your family's testimony of um, your son, Josiah, when he went to be with the Lord when he went to go home. And yes. he is home now. And you you share that story, you share about, 
how to walk through grief, how you guys have processed grief. Um, you do this huge deep dive into heaven, which I don't think, I mean, there's tons of books on heaven, but I think sometimes they're more, you know, into your imagination and you guys do a really good job biblically diving into it, which is what we need. Um, I actually have a lot of friends, Sarah, that are scared of heaven and that are scared of death, which I understand, you know, but this book, I mean, even if you haven't grieved, I'm like, this book gives you so much excitement for heaven. So let's just talk about how this book came to be. Obviously it's from your own personal story, but how did it come to be? And and what's really your hope for people reading it? Okay. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, So Tara, I... I'd heard the Holy Spirit wooing me toward writing it for several Mm. years. And that didn't sound like fun to me. I'm what you would call an accidental author. Um, I'd always penned in my journal things that were really outstanding that the Lord has spoken to me through my life. And when Josiah David went to heaven, I set aside a specific journal and used it only to write those revelations that the Lord would give me mm. um, whether it's through scripture or a dream or uh, an encounter, whatever that might be that brought healing to my heart. I was diligent about writing them down. And mm. so after many, many years, Saya had been in heaven for um, about 10 years when finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do this. It was really an act of obedience. And, and Tara, because our family really sincerely lives in the knowing that Josiah is alive. Um, it was really important to me that my grandkiddos, the oldest is only six, Mm -hmm. that they would grow up understanding that heaven is our real home. Yeah. And it's something not to fear, but to look forward to, and that their uncle Josiah is wildly alive. Mm, so yeah. that, you know, obedience to Christ, wooing me to do it, number one. But number two, like, okay, Lord, I, I'm going to do this and not just for you, but I need to do this. I yes. need to leave yeah. a legacy for mm-hmm. my grandkids to grow up with the excitement of knowing that heaven is our home and by far better than earth. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the 
bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Yeah. You know, we live, we're not going to be able to fully realize it until we meet Jesus face to face, but we, I was just even thinking about my own life before we had this conversation that we live. So, um, in the world and, you know, we know that that heaven is for real. We know that heaven is our future and our hope, but we Mm -hmm. live so, so planted in earth that when we think about death, when we think about going to heaven, we're scared or we're like, oh, but life is so good here. I mean, we have all these things. And so it's difficult, but to have that hope and that excitement to meet Jesus makes all the difference. Because like you said, we're just, we're just sojourners here. We are, we're here for such a blink of an eye. And I think hope in the 11th hour gave me a lot of excitement about heaven. And it gave me a lot of, of calm thinking about it because there's just, I mean, even as Christians, I know we have a lot of anxieties and questions around it, but today, um, just for the Christmas season, I thought it would be a really good time to talk about this conversation and what it means during the holidays or during any time, really, that there's big celebrations when you're gathering with family and friends and you are missing someone that is not earth side with you anymore. Yeah, you're walking through something like that, and I know Sarah, you and your family, you and Steve, have walked through many holidays with Josiah in heaven now, and that's very different. You know, he's rejoicing, but it's very different. So, let's talk about how do we hold the tension of grieving well, grieving and missing the person we love, and respecting them. You know, not forgetting them, shoving them under the rug, but also having joy during the holidays, especially during this Christmas season. How have you guys found that God has encouraged you in that? How have you guys walked through that over the last years? Well, you know what, Tara? I think there's something to be said. And now, mind you, everybody's journey is different. Right. God has created us all so unique in the way we think and process. But for the Berger family, and for me specifically, I needed to know it was okay to be happy. Mm, Wow. I needed to know scripturally. I'm just like, I go back to the word for everything. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to know I had permission to rejoice. Wow. And it's as simple as this, Tara. Um, In Romans 12, excuse me, 12, five, it says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so it's as if the Lord is giving us permission to compartmentalize, Mm. right? Right. When you're walking through grief, that you're so vulnerable. If you have a child that only recently has gone to heaven or another family member, um, you're so vulnerable that the enemy of your soul would want to guilt you and condemn you for feeling any joy. Wow. It's a, it's a precarious path. Yeah. Journey through grief. And so when the word via the Holy spirit says, wait a minute, you can rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Mm. The Lord is giving you permission to not have to obsessively think about your loved one that's now left for the kingdom, but, but yet to strike a balance. Mm, That's good. To have joy over here with your grands and with other family members 
And yet in a moment, like this is just me personally, I, there, I've got a, I'm an introvert, really. I mm -hmm. love alone time. I find myself slipping away and just getting alone with the Lord when anxiety might sure. rise and I mm -hmm. couldn't rejoice with the jokes any longer or whatever. Right. I have permission in Christ to go weep. And I'm just saying to minister to those that are walking through grief, when you're at the table, you know, breaking bread over Christmas or opening presents to really have eyes on mm. and to watch the reaction of that mother who's walking through grief or father, whoever it might be, and to be really cognizant of the conversation. If it's too nonchalant, right? their expression is forlorn. I'm just saying to approach them and put your arm around them without even a word. It is, it is so palpable and strong. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, they need to be seen. They need to know that their loved one is not forgotten. Yeah. And I would pose this and everybody, again, they've got their own journey, their own family dynamics, but in our family, we talk about Josiah all the time. Mm, I love like that. All the time. You know, um, Christmas, when we're all praying, we will remember those in our family, Josiah, my mom and dad that are in the cloud of witnesses now, wishing them a Merry Christmas. And by the way, this is why Jesus came mm. eternal life. Yeah. You know, and just bring it all back to Jesus and how alive, although we can't see them presently, we know that we know by faith that they're alive in the kingdom. So we make much of that. Yes. Yes. Um, does that help a little bit, Tara? No, it, it absolutely does. Sarah, a few things you said, one was without a word coming alongside someone without a word. Yeah. I am personally someone I don't know if it's just, I mean, it's my personality. I don't know if it's just because of what I do. I tend to think that I, I speak too much in situations. Um, I am not so good. And I recognize that about sometimes listening to the Lord when he says, just be silent or just, you know, without a word, come alongside someone, just give them a hug, just listen, you know? And so I, I realized that about myself and when you said without a word, it really struck a chord with me because sometimes I may be speaking for everyone here, but I think we can all relate is that we are so quick to rush in and think we have to have this extremely spiritual word or we have to whip out our Bible, which I'm not saying that whipping out our Bible is not a good thing, but yeah. sometimes we believe we have to have everything prepared. We have to be, you know, have all of our ducks in a row to say something incredibly encouraging to someone when, like you said, and when we're yielded to the Holy Spirit and we're listening to him, a lot of times he's going to say without a word and just give that person a hug, just just look at them with, with sharing tears in your eyes. And I think that's powerful. I think knowing that the Holy spirit will guide you to do exactly what he wants you to do to comfort someone else in that situation. I'm thinking of a dear family friend of mine, um, actually a cousin in law, technically, um, she lost her brother, but not lost. As you said, we're going to talk about verbiage, but he is now realized he is now fully living in heaven, but um, he is not earthside with them anymore. And I think of them and I think of how many interactions I've seen with their family where there's obviously words exchanged, but I've just seen them in the corner, just hugging each other in tears, no words. And yeah. the Lord ministers to those moments really powerfully. And so I really, really appreciate that. Um, 
something else that you that you have said just over and over and you say in the book a lot is just the way you talk about your son, the way you talk and encourage other people to talk about those who you know, are no yeah. longer earthside with us. And so let's talk about that because I am even in this conversation trying to retrain myself to speak in a better way because I love the way you explained it. So let's talk about it. We say things like, um, he's lost, um, he's gone, um, all these things. You have a really cool spin on it, which I really believe, like you said, is very biblical in the way you say it. Yeah. So would you kind of explain that to our listeners? Because I think it would bring a lot of comfort and it would bring a lot of um, help for them as they talk to people that are grieving. Oh, I'd love to share that. So very, very early on after Josiah left for heaven, um, well-meaning, precious people would approach and say, I'm so sorry Josiah died so young, or I'm I'm so sorry you lost your son. Mm, Yeah. And it's it's really about paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you during these hours. Just if there's a little friction, inquiring of Him, what what what's wrong with that, Lord? Why does that why does that wound so much? And He quickly answered and said, "It's because it's it's not true." Mm, wow, Messiah's <laughs> alive. And, and again, Tara, this is why he came. Yes. This is, Jesus came into the world, right? To defeat mm-hmm. death, hell, and the grave. And in our culture, unfortunately, the culture has dictated the church's response a lot yeah, right. to, to a saint in Christ that dies on mm-hmm. this side. You know, we we take in cultural terminologies and they're really not scripturally sound. Plus, we know in Christ that we're to make much of Jesus and much of heaven and much of life in general, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he came to give life and that more abundant. He's all about life. So why would we diminish that? and talk so much about death. Yeah. So there's so much scripture behind it. If you right. know, the word, I'm sure people are listening going, oh my gosh, there's this scripture, this, this, yeah, yeah. all over. He's, he's about life. Um, and so we never have referred to Josiah as dead. Mm-hmm. We understand, listen, we, we understand what that literally means. His tent has ceased right? Yes. Yeah. But he is wildly alive in heaven. Um, and, and not only that, the terminology that he's lost, there was friction about that. Too. Right. Right. He, he's not, we, we know where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we say that Josiah left for heaven. Josiah lives in heaven. Josiah's mm. in the kingdom. And I'm just saying, Tara, when we minister to other families that are walking through grief, when we say those simple words to them, yeah, yeah. When did your child leave for heaven now? And I want to say this too: we are not watering down the word and assuming that everybody goes to heaven. Okay, Tara, I want to make sure that really, really clear. Yeah, if yep. talking an infant, a child before the age of you right. know, really claiming Christ for themselves, and all of those things, we're not pretending and saying everybody goes to heaven. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be universalism. And we are not talking that. Right. But for those that we know are in Christ, 
when you inquire, like what, when you, what, what's your son's name? Mm. Bring them to life. Yes. The enemy's trying to diminish what's your son's name. And yes, he still is your son. Yeah. You know, all these cultural things. Well, oh, well, wait, no, yes. Josiah is still our son. Yeah. He just lives in the kingdom. You know, he's moved mm. to another location. So, so speak life over that child, that sibling, that friend in Christ and watch the reaction. Mm, that's good. The person that's grieving, they, they will light up and engage. Like, let's talk about him. Yeah. You know, if the Holy Spirit gives you permission, yeah. because this is something to be super tender about too, Tara. And I would say, been there, done that in regards to saying too much, been there, done that. I had to walk through this, my own journey through grief to realize, oh gosh, Lord, I wish that I hadn't been so abrupt with people mm. on other occasions, but a prerequisite to be true of bringing this sort of comfort, the comfort um, of having experienced having a child go to heaven, the prerequisite of bringing comfort is having suffered. Okay, mm. we know that from 1 Corinthians 1. Yeah. Comfort, yeah. comfort those with the comfort that you receive. And right. in, in general, the people of God are supposed to bring comfort. But in, in a general sense, it is without a word. It's leaving food on their doorstep. It's writing a card. Um, it's bringing them a Starbucks coffee and maybe leaving it on the yeah. and ringing yeah. the doorbell because they couldn't handle being with anybody else right now. Right. But if you, if you like us have had a child go to heaven, the folks that are experiencing that same sorrow, they want to hear from us. Yes. Yes. Because we walked through that very specifically. And that's what that scripture is really about comforting with the same comfort. Yes. You know, when they suffer the same things. So if you really hone into the minutia, you have permission to speak into it. And that only if you've experienced that same great sorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly how God uses you. And that's exactly what he was talking about in that passage. And it is incredible the way that God turns, you know, like he, he turns something beautiful from the ashes. He turns something that the enemy, like you said, just recently, Sarah, you said that the enemy wants to use that. God can turn what the enemy wanted to use for evil and he turns it for something really good. If we are just um, willing to be his hands and feet. And I am just, I'm so encouraged and keeping a bunch of this in my, in my mind, in my back pocket. I'm thinking of so many people in my life that are walking through this. And I think if anything too, hope in the 11th hour encouraged me to be more compassionate. It encouraged me to be more yielded to the Holy spirit and mm. it encouraged me to be slower to speak and, um, and just be there. Um, and so I have loved, loved this conversation. I loved this book. It was something that I personally have not lost a lot of people or, you know, had people go to heaven or, you know, leave Earthside. but I do know that is going to happen. And I do know, I do know a lot of people walking through it. And so it's an amazing preparation and whether friends you are walking through that yourself, where you are missing 
a loved one who has gone to live fully with Christ, or you are currently even walking through something that you know someone is going to go to be with Jesus soon or leave you or aside, um, or you know friends and family, especially around these holiday gatherings where it's tender and whether you feel like you're walking on eggshells, um, this would give you an amazing starting place and an amazing way to get excited about heaven and be able to share that with, with your friends and family. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I, I'm so encouraged by you, your ministry, your, your ministry in general is a blessing and it's glorifying the Lord. And this book is a ministry. So I just want to say, thank you. You are, you are a blessing to me. I have already learned so much from your book and I'm excited to continue, um, this friendship across the States. But as, um, as we close, would you just remind people, um, where to find the book, um, and how to just keep up with you there? Yeah, you could find the book via Amazon, Christian Books, and Barnes and Noble. And um, I'll be sending a little link also to Tara. But you guys, if you just search Hope in the 11th Hour by Sarah Berger, you'll find it. You'll find it. It'll pop up with the, you know, the launch page and all that. Yes. And I will have it all linked below so you guys can grab it. This episode is going to be live during our Christmas series. So you guys can get it a couple of weeks before Christmas. If you feel like, okay, I need a Christmas read. I need this read before we gather with our friends and family. Um, think about the people in your life and think about the difference and the comfort that the Lord can use you to bring through others. So Sarah, again, I appreciate you. I'm so excited for this friendship. Thank you for being here. Thank you, sweet Tara. Have a great Christmas. <laughs>